Let us pray. Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Well, this weekend marks 9-11 times 20 years. And for those of us old enough, it's one of those events that we remember where we were when we first heard about it. And sometimes we ask each other, where were you? You know, I was three doors down on the outer ring of the Pentagon from where the plane drove a hole into that building. My antenna was already up that morning as we watched the Twin Towers get hit. It happened fast. The approaching sound, the anti-spy windows, they bowed in at me, but they held. And then there was fire and smoke pushing in all around us. And suddenly, everything sort of narrowed to this single task of calming the people that were around me and of ushering them to follow me down the hallway. And we found these stairways and this exit that I had never really noticed before. Every year, for 20 years now, we've promised never to forget. Actually, and annually, we, we pause to honor the people who were victimized and those who bravely answered the call of duty when our homeland was so stunningly attacked. We remember, but we also search for meaning in all the loss. All the loss. On that day, and every year for 20 years after. You know, it's hard to believe that just three weeks ago we ended America's longest war, a 20-year war in Afghanistan that up un- unfolded out of the 9-11 attack. Sadly, ironically, five of the 13 military members who were killed in the bombing of the airfield while they were protecting uh, Americans and Afghanis who were trying to depart the country, five of them were newborns at 9-11. And so their whole 20-year lifespan was bookended by the terror of that day. You know, we've all heard this cliche tossed about, and sometimes we've used it ourselves, the idea that God doesn't give us any more than we can handle. But the longer that I live... And as a Christ follower who experienced the 9-11 attack and who has spent the last 10 years of my military career training soldiers for war, joining them downrange, visiting them in hospitals, and attending more memorial services than I care to count, I now disagree with the easy believinism. The fact is that life, not God, does give us more than we can handle. That's the whole point of our faith. We absolutely need God and we need one another. We were never meant to be lone rangers. Rather, we were actually created with empathy. It's designed in our species. Obviously, there's good and there's bad in the human, but by divine design, survival of the planet ultimately depends on our ability to live into our best selves, to love, serve, feed, heal, welcome, forgive, and even sacrifice for others. And on 9-11, when devastating events proved to be more than we could handle, we also witnessed the breathtaking, self-giving acts for the common good. Those acts 
have lessons to encourage us. And perhaps like me, you've watched some of the 9-11 programs this week. We've been reminded of some of the anecdotal stories, young firemen who instinctively call their dad, trying to sound casual. Hey, Dad, the Trade Center's been hit. We're on our way, and I just wanted to let you know. Love you. That picture on your bulletin cover is the helmet of Long Island's Joe Hunter. When life had handed thousands of people in the South Tower of the World Trade Center more than they could handle, Hunter and his squad rushed to their aid with all their gear on. But at some point in their evacuation efforts, the tower collapsed on them, and Hunter and all his squad perished. Months later, his mangled helmet was found in the wreckage, and it is now his family's most treasured possession and has since become one of 70,000 objects in the 9-11 Memorial and Museum in New York City, bearing witness to the story of the 2,977 people that were killed that day. The cover story on National Geographic magazine this week shows not only this helmet, but it, it has all these pictures of various 9-11 objects that were recovered in the rubble. And these objects, they represent not only the, the presence of loved ones who were there, but sometimes the cost of neighboring love. I so appreciated the lead question that reads, what forces can sanctify an object, giving it meaning beyond itself? Selflessness, courage, Endurance in the face of the unspeakable, the forces that Joe Hunter and hundreds of other people summoned on September 11th, 2001. So yes, what is that force working within us? Using the language of our faith, these items are now sacramental, an outward expression pointing to this larger living grace in the hearts and souls of the beloved who are now entrusted over to the tender mercy of God. Without notice, out of the blue, first responders and people who worked in the Twin Towers, the Pentagon and Flight 93, they encountered a crossroad. It seems that beyond our priority for self-protection, sometimes we tap into this deeper force a willingness to help and even sacrifice for another. In those harrowing moments of choice, when we're standing at life's crossroads, did they sense a divinely seated courage within us? Sensing that there just might be this embedded justice built into creation where the sacrifice will rise, it must rise from the ashes of loss. And in that knowing, it helps them to risk. Even in normal, everyday situations, we trust and we act upon this knowing that our sacrificial sharing with and for others has a redeeming power that's not really visible. And likewise, in today's gospel, I see Jesus pointing us towards this certain way of life, that taps into that force of resurrection and of living a transformed life. 
In this encounter, Jesus begins by asking his disciples some identity questions. So who do they say that I am? And who do you say that I am? And he does this in order to help his disciples understand Jesus' purpose and the cost of living his way. This is the first of three times when Jesus will begin to prepare his disciples for this counterintuitive truth that dying comes before rising and that to save your life, you have to lose it by giving your life away for others. That's where you'll find it. You know, Jesus' vision is hard to see at first, so I'm hoping to give you my own interpretation. Basically, we disciples, we apprentices, followers, we must go the way the master goes. And as we pick up and take that path of love, we must totally trust the outcome to God's grace. Without mincing words, Jesus asked his disciples, he asked us to be ready to pick up our cross, to be willing to help our neighbor, to come along the suffering, the poor, the oppressed, following in this way of love, knowing that it will cost you. And yet, Jesus leads the way, staking his life on the fact that triumph is hidden in defeat and that love is stronger than death, that losing one's life for the sake of others, trusting resurrection, is the path to wholeness. Most times, thank goodness, the way of love, it doesn't look so harsh as, the, as a cross. And it looks more like the willingness of Miss Jerry to faithfully make pound cakes to be raffled off at the concert so that money can be earned so that we can raise up hurricane victims. Or to freely sacrificing hundreds of hours to shine up the altar railing in our chapel, not for self-recognition, but so that the community of disciples can more fully experience the love and the mystical feeding of Christ as we gather in worship. All of that to say that despite all the death and the fallout of 9-11 and war times 20, God's sustaining presence and new life has emerged from the rubble, but only as a result of the sacrifice that we've made for one another. First responders and service members, they risk their lives for each other. One of my soldiers in Iraq, when a grenade landed in his turret, he landed purposefully on it and took the blow to save all his fellow Humvee mates. That made a difference in their lives. Young Marines, they use their free times to tutor Afghan girls. Sailors and airmen have collected thousands of backpacks full of school supplies for, for Iraqi kids, inspiring them that there might be just this possibility of hope, a shared humanity. So many agencies at home and abroad sacrificing to keep us safe. Picking up our cross, following Jesus, loving more than just ourselves as we trust in the mercy of God's ever-coming kingdom. This is the adventure of faith that we're called to. 
We absolutely need one another. Sergeant Nicole G. on the front of the bulletin died three weeks ago in that bombing in Kabul. But this amazing, hard-charging, 4.1 grade point high school grad, dancer, Marine, married to another Marine, had the compassion to comfort Afghani toddlers in a dangerous and thirsty situation. Her final actions witness to justice and to mercy, forces that live on, and perhaps more than we deserve. Our Lord, he invites us to follow him. He's right here every moment, ready to journey with us. And so on this weekend where we remember the sacrifices that have been made for us, May we be encouraged to glimpse our interdependence, mindful that as we faithfully walk in the way of the cross, that we might find it none other than the way of life and peace. Amen.